Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Mainstream spirituality in general is always looking at communication from people who have crossed over. One special lady came away from this generalization and focused on communication with animals. P. Horsley shares a special blend of energy and communication with the animal kingdom. She joins us on That's the Spirit and P. talks openly and passionately about her spiritual pathway entwined with animals. Um, I first discovered animal communication in 2004, actually, um, and it was when I uh, adopted my very first dog. This is Morgan, and um, he, he basically introduced me to animal communication. Um, he arrived and he was sad, um, and I wanted to know what I was doing wrong. I presumed that I was doing something wrong, and this desire to understand him um, him better and how I could help him led me to an animal communication workshop. On that workshop I was told um, these Dr. Doolittle stories and there were people sitting in a circle crying and I actually didn't believe a word of it. Um, I was really, really skeptical. Um, but something made me stay and then in the afternoon we were partnered up and I was partnered with the woman and asked to communicate with her, her animal um, which, which turned out to be a rabbit. And I was really hit and miss on this. Um, you know, I got some things right, but also things wrong. The thing that really convinced me um, was when this complete stranger was telling me about my house. Um, she just had a photo of my cat, Texas. And the idea was she was communicating with this photograph um, to understand couple of things and one of them was uh, that she could describe my hallway which is very particular um, which was perfect she was able to describe my sofa and the color that I call it which is not a usual name she was even able to tell me um, where my cat liked to sit in the garden and what he liked to sit on and it was that experience rather than my own that actually got me thinking my god there's something in this this is actually really happening and um, I went on more workshops uh, and actually it was the second workshop where I, you know, people talk about their light bulb moment, their awakening. That was my awakening on that second workshop where I realized this is the thing I've been searching for. This I, I'd always wanted to get back to my love of animals. And then animal communication came in and I realized this is it. And um, I did everything I needed to do, did a lot of training, self-development, etc in order to make that transition so then I um, I literally leapt off the cliff to see if I could fly or whether I'd go splat at the bottom of the valley and I left my 15-year um, uh, career in theatre stage management and I made the move to being a professional animal communicator um, and I've not looked back. I'm Julian Jenkins and you're listening to That's the Spirit. P is the UK's most highly regarded animal communicator, a TEDx speaker, grounded teacher, empowering mentor, and a best-selling author of Heart to Heart and the Animal Communications Guide Through Life, Loss and Love. And her third book, Animal Communication Made Easy, is available now. P is one of the most gifted and talented mediums I've ever had the pleasure of interviewing. And this special of Animal That's the Spirit is something you need to listen to from start to finish. That book actually came about because of a dog called Marmite, who I'm internally grateful to. Um, he's transitioned now. Um, but this dog um, just changed the course of my pathway into, in animal communication and, and my exposure with it. Um, he, was, he was missing Marmite, a little Jack Russell, 
and he'd been missing for uh, seven days and seven nights when his guardian contacted me. She'd never heard of animal communication, but you know, she was desperate. She wanted to find her dog, um, and she tried everything else. So she'd she lived next to a sand quarry where he liked to go rabbiting down the holes. So she'd been digging down the holes. She'd hired a um, a mini digger, a JCB digger. She'd had search dogs. She had um, thermal imaging kit. Um, she'd really done everything, and then she came to me. And I printed off a photo of Marmite and I just sat on my sofa and I went through the method that I used to connect with animals. And I started to ask him to describe how he left the property. And he described going through the kitchen, through the door, which was hinged on the right side, across a path, when, and then to um, fencing, which is the standard fencing, you know, three uh, horizontal and then the verticals. And that then came to um, a field, and on the left of the field was uh, lots of trees, and that he kept going. And I described that to his guardian, and she said, yeah, that's exactly what he did. And she knew that area, and that that's a route that he often took. And so that helped us both understand that I really was connected with him. And so I carried on the communication with Marmite, and I did this uh, technique that's really useful for missing animals, which is where you um, move your own consciousness into their body. Um, and so I did this and then my hands essentially became his paws and I was looking out of his eyes and I could feel water under my paws, a little bit of water, and they felt really sore, like he'd been scrabbling. And then I looked out of his eyes and I looked all around and I could see I was in this um, mame concrete structure that was sort of square and I looked up and it was a long way until I could see uh, a glimmer of light and then I realized you know with this sinking feeling that this dog was trapped underground so I asked him you know please uh, show me above you show me the entrance I need to be able to see above where you are so then I'm starting to do remote viewing. So I'm moving my consciousness, consciousness now out of his body and I'm going above. And so I'm essentially in the air um, with my vision looking down. And it was kind of like your worst nightmare. It's just, it's weeds, it's brambles everywhere. And I say, um, can you show me a landmark? And it, there wasn't a landmark. It's just all the same. So I... Um, tried something new, you know, I think with animal communication, you've got to be really creative and imaginative. I tried something new. So I said, okay, zoom me in. So my vision then zoomed in and I saw this um, square kind of grill, metal grill and, uh, underneath the brambles. And I was like, okay, so that's how we get to you. But there was no landmark. And I said to him, how far are you away from home? And he said, one mile. And I'm thinking, oh, I still don't have enough for your guardian to find you. But Marmite said, you've got enough. And um, what I've learned is just trust the animals, you know, whatever they uh, say to you, express to you during, you know, with these transmissions, just trust them. So I was like, okay. And I went back to his guardian and I explained that he was in the direction that I first described out the kitchen door. He was a mile away from home. And he was sadly uh, trapped underground, and uh, but there was some kind of source of water there because I could feel water with uh, his paws, my hands. And she said, no, P, there's absolutely, there's nowhere like that. Um, we live next to sand quarry. There's, there's no water around here. But because I'd done the Gestalt method, I'd actually moved myself inside his body. I'd felt that for myself, like it was really my hands in that water. I was so certain of it. So I pushed her and I said, are you sure? There must be somewhere about a mile away from your home. There's somewhere connected with water. And she thought about it for a while. And then she realized, you know, there's a disused canal a mile away from home in that direction. And she said, but I've been there already and I've called for him and he's not there. And I said, that's okay. Um, just why don't you go out again, even if it's just to discount it so that we don't waste any more time in that location? Um, and she said, but he won't bark. He, he, how am I going to find him if he's underground? He, I will never find him. 
I said, don't worry about that. Just go out and, um, and, and call for him. So then I reconnected with uh, Mama and I said to him, okay, your guardian is coming out to you right now and she's going to call for you, but she's not going to be able to see you. So you have to bark. And I want you to keep barking and don't stop barking until you can see her and you can look her in the eyes. Um, this is really important. And I said to him, you know, this is a matter of life or death and it's your life or death. So you've got to keep barking when you hear her, hear her and don't stop till you can look her in the eyes. And he just went, okay. Um, and I was like, okay, good luck. And I disconnected from him and I went off and I made my dinner and I didn't expect anything, you know, to hear anything for a while. But within an hour, my phone was ringing and it was his guardian literally screaming down the phone. Um, and I'm holding it like this because she's screaming, you know. Um, Can you hear him? Can you hear him? He's here. And all I could hear was this dog yapping away, yap, 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 um, which was brilliant. Um, but then I had this thinking feeling, oh, my God, he's still down there. So something in me um, pushed me to say to her, you have to get him out today, even if you have to call the fire brigade. And, and that's what she ended up having to do, actually. So she called the fire brigade. They managed to remove the grill. They, um, they, sent, what did they, send down? they sent down a bucket first, and he was like, uh-uh. <laughs> and then his guardian had this idea, um, what about his bed? So her husband raced back home, got his bed, and then uh, Marmite's bed was um, lowered down. All this time, he's barking, and he got straight in the bed. The fireman hauled him up. It was a, it was a difficult angle at the top, which is why no one could get, reach him. And this dog, he carried on barking um, when his guardian scooped him up and she held him in, his, in her arms. And it was only literally when she held him here and he could look her in the eyes that he went silent and he stopped barking. So it's down to him, you know, that dear dog um, then got me in the press and on TV and then a publisher contacted me. And that's how Heart to Heart came about. And his, his story is in that book. It's incredible. And <clears throat> when you think of the level of detail um, that you talk about in terms of, you know, everything that you did on that day um, and you, you saved that dog's life, there's no, there's no shadow of doubt about that. Um, and it's, it's, just, it's just an unbelievable story. But the amazing thing about you, P, is those stories, they keep rolling um, because, you know, in your second book, The Animal Communications Guide Through Life, Loss and Love, includes true stories where you've connected and communicated with animals who passed over and now in spirit. So, you know, you've saved this dog here, but also now you're communicating with animals for loved ones who have passed over. Yeah. Um, so this book, this is, you know, so special to me this book because uh, it's really what I call Morgan's book um, because he when he was dying he um, he asked me to write about my experience of that um, but also his experience of that and and that's what I did you know and um, he was dying actually of old age rather than a particular illness um, but there were some moments when he really wasn't good. He did have this growth on his back and it would bleed sometimes. And um, there'd be, there would be, there was a time when I put some food down for him and I walked away literally from, you know, here to here. And I, when I came back, he'd fallen down. His face was in his food bowl. His body was up against the skirting and he was trying to push himself up, but his legs were so weak by that stage, he couldn't do it. And I was in bits because, you know, this dog is, um, I call him my master teacher. He introduced me to animal communication and he's still with me now. He's, he's like my business partner, my guru, my role model, my everything. Um, so I was devastated and I picked him up and I put him down in front of his um, food bowl again. And he, he just carried on eating, you know, he just needed me to do the practicality. He just picked me up and put me back in front of the food bowl. Um, I kind of collapsed on the floor behind him in, in bits, just thinking, you know, this is dreadful. This is just devastating. And he actually, and he's a beagle cross. Um, if anybody knows anything about beagles, you know, they don't really stop eating, but he stopped 
eating, he turned around and looked at me and I heard his, um, him communicate to me his, my own thought forms in my mind saying, do I look bothered? And it just reminded me of Catherine Tate and that character, you know, am I bothered? Um, and I was like, actually, no, you're not, are you? You just, you don't care less. You just wanted me to pick you up and put you back in your front of your football. Um, and so basically the book is about, you know, how we as humans can often add a lot of emotion and a lot of drama to uh, animals being ill and needing palliative care and then, and then passing over and that they don't really see it like that. So this, after he did transition, um, Morgan came to me and within 30 minutes, he, he said to me, right, you're going to write a book about this because people really need to be comforted and they need to understand animals' points of view on um, dying death and the afterlife. And this is how it's going to be. And he dictated the chapters out to me. Um, so this is what this book is. And it's about really supporting people um, with their animals and also helping people understand what the animals need from them as their guardian. And yeah, it's got, it's just all evidence-based stories. It's not just my story with Morgan. That's the thread that goes through it. But my um, clients, bless them, have also shared their stories with their own animals in order just to help everybody understand animal death better because it's, it's not really talked about. Um, and the animals, they want us to understand it better. I agree. Um... And it, it is, you know, I, I remember 15, probably longer than that, 16, 17 years ago, we had a German shepherd. His name was Max. And um, one night he fell ill and um, he died in my arms. Um, oh. And it was, you know, it really affected me for a long period of time. You know, it's because he was just, a, he was just our dog, you know, and, and, to, and to be that close to him when he passed, it was just incredible. Um, and it, it takes a long time to get away. It actually took us, you know, 15 years before we we went and got another uh, dog um yeah. because you know i always remember my wife saying you know the reason we didn't get a dog at the time was that she said they died you know and it was like and i said well it's better to you know have loved and and and, and lost rather than never loved at all you know and and yeah. um and, and that's hard though but people you know they it, it is it's crippling isn't it it can be it can be but it doesn't have to be and i think that's what's really wonderful about Morgan's gifts with this book. Um, some people find the the emptiness at home too much, so they rush out and, and bring another animal back. I'd, I'd say also don't do that. Um, rushing and also leaving at 15 years. Um, this is Texas, by the way. He might want oh, to come and make an appearance because um, just one minute, one minute, everybody. Come, oh, come on then. Come on. Okay. You might sit in front of the screen. Oh. Um, Texas, just cutting forward one moment. He co-authored this book, my third book. Wow. Yeah. Um, but he's quite, I'm only going to say senior. He's quite senior now. So um, when he wants something, he just wants it like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, your, oh, your third book, your, sorry, yeah, your third book is, um, you know, talking about um, animal communication uh, made easy, um, and it's been published by Hay House that came out in September. Um, yeah. Can you make animal communication easy? Yeah. In fact, it is easy, and I, I don't understand why people make it complicated, um, because really, it's all about coming from the heart. It's about, you know, as, as long as you have a neutral mind and an open heart, then it's possible. Because everybody is born with this ability, you know, it's an innate ability. Um, it's not a gift for the few. Everybody is born deeply intuitive, and that's what it's based upon. Um, so um, the, the method that I teach in the book and that I teach in my workshops, it's literally five steps. It's like the simplest method. The, the, the only reason people struggle with it, and I, I do acknowledge that, is because they get in their own way. So the workshops are often really about stripping away rather than adding, because what we, what we need is already there. Um, so the workshops are about helping people let go of misconceptions or 
and or maybe even beliefs that aren't their own, but they've kind of absorbed from society, teachers, you know, partners, whoever. And also just learning to trust, you know, like a lot of things in life, animal communication, it takes a lot of trust. Um, and once you can trust yourself, you can do it. It's, it's very interesting you talk about that because, you know, I teach mediumship and um, the biggest problem is, is, is the human, is the muggle mind. It's, it's getting people to um, get out of the way of themselves, really. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and that's the key thing. And some of those things can be locked, repressed emotions or, you know, and I, I do a lot of mindfulness. I talk about mindfulness, about creating a space that then spirit comes into um and that's that's really interesting but the problem you have sometimes is when people for the first time do mindfulness they actually unlock a lot of their internal emotions because they've yeah. never connected with themselves before everyone yes. wants to connect with spirit but mm. nobody wants to connect with themselves i talk to all people you know when i talk about you cannot phone anybody on a mobile phone without a signal and for me the signal is your inside that's your connection once yeah. you've got signal Whatever you want, but you can stay there all day if you're in an area with a, with a bad reception. You ain't gonna phone anybody. So you know that getting out of the way, you're hundred percent getting out of that way, creating that space, and then allowing spirit to be. It's, yeah, exactly. It's That's why I Look. often refer to my beginners' workshops actually as the kind of like the crying workshops, because yeah. <laughs> for people that have never experienced really really yeah. connecting with art. Um, huh? It brings things up, you know. It, it does, and the and the animals are particularly good at that, because anything, any kind of st stuck energy that you've got there, whether whether it's grief, whether it's guilt, whether it's shame, whatever that that is, you know, lack of self esteem, um, the animals will find it. They they they'll know it instantly, and um, they will help you to recognize that and remove that. And they do it in very gentle ways, you know. Uh, I always have animal guest teachers come on my workshops, and um, it's incredible seeing them work the room, connect with individuals. You know, there might be, for example, there might be a particular species, like, like, um, say, German Shepherd, that comes in, and there'll be someone in the room, say, that's lost a German Shepherd, has not been able to get over it. This German Shepherd will ignore everybody else and go straight over to that person and sit with them. Oops, careful, Texas. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, so it's about, it's about removing everything else, isn't it? So that you can, so that you can just have your signal open here. It's uh, it's it's great to see Texas on the screen. Um, and you're right. I'm going to use that the, the crying session um, because uh, because. It, it, but if you call it, it that, no one will turn up. So be careful. <laughs> I'll tell them when they get there. I'll just put a load of tissues or or or, or, or uh, handkerchiefs on the chairs. Yeah. Um, exactly. Oh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Well, um, I'm I'm we're normally pretty good with time, and um, we're absolutely bang on time. Um, so we're at 29 minutes past now. So. What I want us to do now is we're going to go into um, uh, an animal communication meditation. Um, I'm sure Texas will join in. Um, and um, basically, I'm going to hand over to you now uh, for, for 20 minutes. Um, I'm going to do it myself. So if I don't come back, just say, just call my name or something, and I'll, uh, I'll, yeah. I'll make sure that I do it. I'm, I'm just before in you hand well. over, though, Julian, and everybody, yeah. please be patient for one moment. He's 18 and a half years young, and he wants me to open the door. Just one moment. <laughs> no problem at all. The animals are lovers. They'll understand. Well, well, P is, uh, is in the process of opening the door to let, uh, to let Texas out. Um, we're going to do a meditation now for 20 minutes, so get yourself comfortable. Obviously, as I always say, it goes without saying, please don't do this whilst driving a car or doing any machine, machinery. Anything that needs concentration, please stop that and do a meditation. Um, we don't want to uh, crash in your car or something uh, while trying to communicate with animals. So, uh, so let's park your car relax, and I'm going to hand over. I say 20 minutes-ish. 
We'll see how it we'll see how it goes. And this book, if anyone's interested, this uh, meditation is in is in my third book, Animal Communication Made Easy. If uh, if you if you enjoy it and you want to repeat it, you can repeat it as many times as you like. There's a lot of people saying hello, by the way, Pete. There's a oh. lot of interaction going yeah. on here. Uh, people are saying Texas and and uh, they love your stories and. Uh, there's uh -huh. a lot of so there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of people in the room, so uh, so I hand over to you now for the meditation. So they're all there for you, waiting with bated breath. Great, lovely. All right, everybody. Um, so just think of an animal now in your life, in a physical body. If you if you don't have an animal in physical body at the moment with you, then you can you can think of an animal that's passed over that you love. But if possible, an animal in physical body. And they don't need to be with you in the room right now. That's okay. And I would like you to mentally ask them, can I merge with you and see things from your point of view? and just wait for a response. And as long as you don't feel any resistance there, then you can take that as a, yeah, that's okay. So close your eyes and as best you can, picture the animal that you've chosen in front of you. Try and visualize as best you can their face and features. Notice the length of their whiskers, the size of their paws, the shine of their long, lustrous mane. See them standing, perching, or sprawled out in front of you. And say to them, silently in your mind, Thank you for being with me. And if you're not a particularly visual person, don't worry. Just have the intention that they are there with you and remember how they look. And now imagine that you are shrinking down into a tiny version of yourself, shrinking down into your chest area. So you're becoming a much, much smaller version of yourself while your outer body is remaining exactly where it is. And now you might want to morph into a tiny dot of light, which might be easier to, to retain. Or if you prefer, you could be a fairy, a unicorn, an elf, whatever image you can hold with your mind. And now float slowly up your chest into your neck and then into your head. And at the top of your head, you'll notice there's a trap door. It can look any way you want it to be. Just be as creative as you like. Open the door. And now as this tiny dot of light fly out of the top of your head and over to the top of your animal's head, your animal that's in front of you. And they have a door at the top of their head too. So open your animal's door, slip inside and close the door behind you. Also at this time, be open if your animal changes their mind and asks you to leave, just respect that. And then return to your own body, closing both the doors. Hopefully they'll find this really enjoyable. So float down now into your animal's chest area and allow them to get used to the feeling of you being there. 
You're now as one with your animal. You are your animal. When you ask them to do something, you'll be doing it as them inside their body while your body remains back where you left it. Slowly glide up to their eyes and for the first time in your life, look through their eyes. Amazing, isn't it? You'll have lost all sense of your own sense of sight and will be seeing things entirely differently from their perspective. Notice what they can see and how they can see it. Notice if you're close to the ground or high up with a panoramic view. Now focus on their protective coat, the fur, hair, feathers or scales of your friend. How does it feel to be wearing their coat? What does it mean to them? Now ask your animal silently in your mind, what do you like to do for fun? And as your animal, allow yourself to do that fun thing. Go with the flow and whatever you feel your animal wants you to experience. Notice how it feels to do this fun thing. Become aware of why your animal enjoys it so much. And be open. The reason they enjoy it may not be the one that you think. Now picture your human standing in front of you and shouting at you or telling you off, saying words like, shut up, or will you get out of my way? And as your animal, notice how you feel. What do you feel physically when someone you love talks harshly to you? Now picture your human standing in front of you and saying words of adoration, like, I love you. You're so special. As your animal, notice how you feel. What do you feel physically when someone you love talks kindly to you? Now take a moment to let your animal know just how much they mean to you and why you're so grateful that they're in your life. Ask them gently, do you have a message or gift for me? Do you have a message or gift for me? And openly receive whatever comes to you.
It may be something physical or an emotion, an image or some words. Accept gratefully anything you receive and say thank you. Now prepare to leave your animal's body, knowing you can return whenever you are both willing. So let them know and say to them, I'm going to leave your body now and float up to the top of their head. Open the trap door there. Fly out and close the door behind you. Then fly back to the top of your own head. Slip inside and close the door at the top of your own head. Then glide down into your chest area. And with your eyes closed, picture again your animal in front of you. Notice how your perspective has changed and now you're viewing them from where you sit. And again, thank them, say, thank you for doing this exercise with me. Gently dissolve the image of them before you and allow them to carry on with their business. Bring your focus back to yourself and that tiny dot of light in your chest. And start morphing back into that tiny version of yourself. Then expand outwards to fill every part of your body. Bringing yourself back into your body awareness. Take a few seconds to move your fingers and toes. Take a slow deep breath and release it. And when you feel you're fully back, Gently open your eyes. Wow. Thank you. That was amazing. Took my glasses off a second. <laughs> Did you have an emotional really one? That. If you could put your comments, what you felt, what you saw, what happened. If you have any questions for P, please now pop them in the comment section. Oh um, just tell us how it went, you know. And uh, cool, that was. Uh, that was amazing. It'd be lovely so, to hear people's um, experiences. I'm just slightly off camera because Texas has come back in. Oh, and he's soaking wet. <laughs> <laughs> this is interactive animal communication. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is, yeah, this is at the forefront. Um, <laughs> that was amazing. We always get a slight delay on in terms of the comments because it, there's a little delay, obviously, with technology, but they'll come through now. Just speaking for myself, it was just amazing. I told my dog, I went, Reggie was okay with everything, and he said he got a message. And it was quite funny because he said he doesn't like his, his food bowl. Oh, do you know why he doesn't like it? Did he tell you? No, it's, it's the one with the food in. And I was like, he said, I just don't like it. I don't like my food bowl, he said. So I guess what's going to happen tomorrow? You've just cost me money, Pete. Oh, sorry um, about that. Yeah, but you'll have a happier dog, right? <laughs> But no, it was it was, uh, it was amazing. We got some uh, we got some comments coming through, so keep them coming. Uh, Tanya Fox said, "My dog started uh, heavier breathing immediately. My light went into his head and stopped as soon as I came out. Amazing, oh, yeah, yeah great." You. So uh, <laughs> Linda Rouse says hello to little green little hearts there from Linda. Hi, Linda, hello, darling. Um, so Texas is now taking uh, front stage. So yeah, um, it, it is. <laughs> 
It is. It is truly amazing, though, isn't it? And um, you know, I've. It's, I suppose it's my own fault, really. But you know, I've been doing mediumship for many, many, many years, and I've never really thought about um, uh, communicating with dogs. Obviously, you know, when you work the rock from on high, um, you know, I've had uh, my last actually when I was doing the reading for a lady, and I said, "Oh, your dog Charlie." She's like, "Yeah, the dog Charlie." By your feet, you know what I mean. It's, I get dogs, I get animals, but I've never thought about communicating them. Um, I've got some other bits coming in. Hi, peace. Meditation. How can I tell if my deceased dog is spirit or has been reincarnated? What's your view there? Do you believe they stay or do you believe they come back? Um, I believe they can do whatever they like. Um, okay. They they can reincarnate, um, but they can also stay there if they if they have a reason to. Um, or if they just need some like uh, time out from a physical body. So Sally, the way to find out would be to ask your dog, um, you know, are you back in a physical form? Uh, are you back having an earthly experience or are you still in spirit? Um, it's quite, you know, um, quite common actually for people to contact me to to communicate with their animals that have passed over. And also one of the questions I get a lot is, you know, will you come back to me? I'd love to have you back to me. Um, a lot of the times I find that the animals don't return to their guardians. They, they, they've had an experience as part of their soul journey. Um, and it's about the next stage for them. Just occasionally they do. And in fact, last, I think it was last week I had a, a lady who's, um, animal was determined to get straight back to <laughs> and um, explained how how that was going to happen but it's not quite so common in in uh, heart to heart there's a fantastic story about a dog um, called Ricky who did reincarnate and come back as Phoenix and he was very explicit about um, how his guardian would find him I mean it was he told her where to go that he'd be um, a female run to the litter, that he would bite her left finger on her left hand, you know, there was, and, and more than that, and only light pink and, you know, all these other things. But that's, I find that less common. There was a, there's a story actually, I just thought about it now. There's, um, where we live, there's a lot of dogs. We, we live right on the coast. So it's a great place to own an animal because you can go walk for hours and hours with your dog. Um, and there was this one dog, he hates coming out and and the dog walker would walk he just ran straight to my wife denise i wasn't there at the time and he was all over him he was she was lit and he never never he never comes to anybody and he went to her and it was really weird because about two weeks later my daughter was walking the dog and this dog ran off and ran straight to my daughter and it was like all over my daughter and my wife was going, i wonder if it's max i wonder if it's max you know and i, I tried to rational some of it i said it's probably because they, you smell the same i don't know but but you know but then i went out and he did exactly the same as me oh. um he just like was all over me as well so the only yeah. the only three people this dog ever gone to and he the lad nathan has to quite get this dog out for a walk is when one of our family going he's just it's crazy but um that's no lovely story you, news, no? you've got good vibes well, good family, hopefully. I've got some more questions here. Um, that was so smooth and calm. And Nessa, my dog, has literally let out a huge sigh and gone to sleep next to me. Truly uh, amazing. Yeah. Nice. Teresa said, thank you for the lovely meditation. I felt a lovely unicorn, as I have one in my room. Ain't white, and I felt him so real. Um, <laughs> thank you for the meditation. Um, I have a wonderful girl with a much bigger heart than I've ever imagined. So, look, thanks for the meditation. I tried hard to connect with Harvey, my last cat. I did get pictures of plants and bushes outside my house. I had a warm sensation when you said about feeling their fur and coat. Um, oh, that's really nice. Yeah, that's a really good sign that you were really connected there. Yeah, and, and Teresa says, last night my cat spirit was here. I often feel like my shepherd dog around me. He always looks my hand. Oh, um, it's amazing though, isn't it? I, I, and how many people have stories and how many people um, feel connected? Um, um, to the animals, and there's actually there's actually a dog that's gone missing here. Family um, went on holidays and left it in the kennel. The dog escaped out of the kennel, um, and they haven't found him. But I'm going to go and get his picture. What you said, um, and, and see whether we can find it. And, uh, my wife every day, she's crazy. My wife every day checks to see if he's been found. You know, it, it really does affect. But um, 
you know, it's quite sad on times, isn't it? When when animals go missing and and that you get a lot of calls for that. You get a lot of people. Yeah, there's probably I, thousands of dogs and cats go missing every day. Yeah, I do. Um, it's partly because I now I've got a reputation for for finding missing animals, um, and also because of the first book where there's a few there's a couple of stories in there. Um, sometimes they're not missing though. Sometimes they choose to go. Um, and sometimes it's to do with the learning of the human. So it's not always um, the crisis that it's perceived to be. So uh, I do a workshop where we will talk about um, the ins and outs of tracking missing animals, but it's it's not as it's not as clear cut as you imagine, you know. And you always have to ask them, you know, do you want to be found? Do you want to come back? What's going on for you? Is this a mistake? Did you get scared? You know, it's all about the questions. Yeah, I was, again, there's a lot of dogs around here, and there's one very good um, dog walker and a psychology degree with animals. He's just yeah, the biggest German shepherd in your life, and they just they're just amazing with him. And I remember there was a guy with a with a with a young dog on a lead, and he said that. He, because he can run around in the field and he, he said too scared to come back and very similar to what you said Stuart turned around to him and said well don't worry if he don't come back because it means he doesn't like you <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, you could say that eh? <laughs> I thought to myself you know no truer words said in jest you know yeah. what I mean if the dog's back it means he doesn't like you um, yeah. Irene Platt says lovely to meet Texas Kringle my orange and tabby is an excellent communicator and, and she's learning uh, love in Texas. He's very beautiful. Um, <laughs> he's really trying to take over the whole event. Oh, he's, he's show. I'm sorry, you've, uh, we'll get Texas on full time next time. Um, <laughs> and Angela said, I felt the warmth and softness of the fur. And when I asked what she did for fun, um, why, why I not concurred with some of the questions and stuff that come out. So, you know, you can feel, you can feel his energy, can't you? Yeah. And he's, um, he's, <laughs> he's very opinionated. Um, you know, well, I actually, at this table, it's my kitchen table, which is where I wrote um, the third book, which he co-authored. And he obviously wants to have a say about something because he keeps going right to the mic. Um, one second and then you can have a say. Um, he would he would appear from nowhere when I was stuck and he'd sit between me and this computer and he'd literally just tell me what to write. And he was just, wow. you know, it's like if I was getting a bit, you know, sticky with it, he'd just turn up, sit here and go, right, this is what you do. No, it's crazy, isn't it? Crazy. Oh, he wants the, the to say, he, he wants to say, this is what his message is. He loves everyone and he thanks you all for being here. Oh, wow. It's unbelievable. There's lots of stories of you working internationally as well, isn't there? Have you got, have you got any of those stories when you've worked yeah. you know, abroad? Um, yeah, so... And in fact, I was, uh, I'd like to extend an offer to everybody um, that watches this about um, the Hawaii retreat that I'm offering next March, which um, is to do with being with cetaceans and communicating with them. So this is something that I've done before and I'm doing it again. Um, and um, it's, it's a week for animal lovers that are, it's all based on animal communication where we have a private charter boat and we go out and we we will get to swim with the wild dolphin pods who I have some safety swimmers friends of mine who have known these uh, dolphins for decades and, and know them all individually um, who come with us and you'll get to communicate with these dolphins who um, they resonate uh, they send out this frequency of eight hertz which is really really healing for the body the mind the body and the spirit it helps um sort of mesh the left and the right hemisphere brain together so people always say oh my god i feel so much love i feel so much joy i feel so calm i feel so relaxed and they have these big life transformations as well where they just feel much better about themselves and focused about their direction so I really enjoyed taking a small group of people out to Hawaii to experience this. And we also um, communicate with the humpback whales. Um, and also we snorkel with the, with the manta rays as well, which is otherworldly. If you've never done it, it's the most amazing experience. And... Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> Are we not talking about cats? Um, um, yeah, so the dolphins experience, I, have, um, I, I took a group to Egypt and there was one time I was, I don't know whether she's on the call, Claire, um, I was out in the water with with one of my um, participants and then we saw, I saw two dorsal fins coming towards us, put my head down in the water to look at them. And I heard them say, follow us. So I came up and I said to her, they say, follow us. So we put our snorkels back down in the water and we followed them. And they took us into what was the, became the most amazing. Um, it was like a cave, but in the sea. It was like this big vault <laughs> area. Taxi. And um, come here, baby. And these two dolphins basically took us to their pod of dolphins, which was about 100, 150, which was amazing. And then another pod came in. It was like a meeting point. And honestly, I heard this sound, which I can only describe as angels singing. It was like nothing I've ever heard anywhere else in my life. Um, and it was just the most incredible experience um and in hawaii we've had amazing experiences with the dolphins there they'll literally surround you so you become part of their pod you know they know exactly where they where you are with the echolocation so they're never going to bump into you but they bring their babies to play in front of you and they they'll communicate with you about you know everything and the humpback whales are very much about universal energy and um and wisdom and knowledge and um when you listen to them they will they they will acknowledge your trust of the communication with them and that unity that oneness together uh and show you in some way and there was one time um when i had this experience where um i was on a boat and it all came down to my communication with this hump one humpback whale and then 33 people deciding to listen to that and head north to find the dolphins because that's where the humpbacks said they were we traveled and traveled and traveled and then we got there and they were there and the next morning the humpback whales waited out in the harbor until our boat came out and within just like a hundred yards of us two humpback whales breached over and over and over and over again right in front of our boat and and it was an acknowledgement of listening and trusting and oneness and the you know the connectedness of all of life and um the cap captain said that was the most amazing show he'd seen from the humpbacks like for all year if not the year before and it was just for us on our boat because of because of the communication it was amazing what more can i say a truly wonderful lady doing wonderful work with the animal kingdom we were really blessed to have p on the show and I hope you enjoyed the podcast as much as we did, because it was an amazing episode of That's the Spirit. Thank you for listening once again. And just remember, always be love and give love. Thank you and goodbye. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.